The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Thanks so much for being here today. I am so looking forward to today's show. I'm going to be speaking with Claire Taylor, author of The Tao of Storytelling, and the co-founder, managing director of the Story Mill in the UK. We'll be talking about extracting the wisdom from our personal stories. So we talk a lot about telling personal stories in leadership, in business, in entrepreneurship. And we talk about building trust and being authentic. And we do want to be that. But then we start thinking about our own stories. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed. As humans, we have so many stories. And we have so many things uh, within our stories that... that um, can get in the way, like our emotional attachment to the stories, things like that. So today we're going to talk, going to talk about choosing the right story for the right audience at the right time. So before we do that, though, I wanted to thank my guest from last week. David Hutchins is um, the author of the new book, Circle of the Nine Muses, a storytelling field guide for innovators and meaning makers. Um, David and I had a great chat uh, about creating a learning organization and, and, and what it means to um, bring story into that process. Um, it's a really important topic as organizations, we're always learning. There's always ways of, of digging into stories to help us as employees and staff and, and leaders to learn too. So David's book is full of great story-related activities, and I recommend you get it from Amazon. Um, have a listen to the show as well, though, because David shares some really great tips there. But stay with us right now. So obviously that show is on the on-demand library, but I want you to hang out with us now because we're going to have a really good show for you today. I'm looking forward very much to chatting with Claire today um, because one of the things that um, I have noticed in storytelling is that sometimes uh, when people try to create stories, they're actually trying to create stories. <laughs> and um, it's not about uh, creative license in a way. Uh, of course, creativity and crafting come into it. But for us to be authentic and for us to really connect with our audiences it really should attach to something in our in ourselves, and that's our personal stories. They're the, the strongest and most important stories for us to share with folks. So Claire um, has written a book, um, which we'll be talking about as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Claire. So Claire Taylor is a corporate storyteller, speaker, business consultant, trainer, author, and co-founder of The Story Mill. And you can check that out at thestorymill.co.uk. 
She combines her corporate business background with storytelling and advanced communications tools to create innovative programs for corporate organizations to enhance brand strategy, cultural change, and innovation. Born in Ireland, Claire has storytelling in her roots. Living in the UK since the 1980s, she reignited her passion for storytelling in 2011, trained as a storytelling performer, and commenced writing her first book, The Tao of Storytelling, 30 Ways to Create Empowering Stories to Live By, which was published in November 2013. I've uh, had the pleasure of reading um, Claire's book, and I highly recommend it. She uses a a unique way to um, help us learn about finding and telling our own stories. Claire, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you very much, Leanne. Great to be uh, talking to you today. Well, tell us your story. What's what? Uh, how did you um, come to uh, come across the field of story, and how did you fall in love with it, and and why did you decide to delve into it? Okay, so uh, great question. Uh, for me, the journey began in two thousand and one, and I was working in a very busy corporate organization. And I had uh, a variety of black suits, my corporate uniform, you know, self-imposed corporate uniform. Uh, I, I traveled a lot, and I very much played um, my corporate role. Uh, and in around that sort of time, I started to become a little bit restless. I had the sense that there was something more. And uh, I was on a flight to uh, Anaheim, uh, from the UK for a medical congress back in 2001. And I was watching an in-flight movie. Uh, um, it was a movie called The Legend of Bag of Vance. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, Will um, Smith, it's, right? Yes, yes. And Matt Damon. And it, it's based on uh, on uh, Stephen Pressfield's book, uh, which he based on the uh, Hindu text, the Bhagavad Gita. It's a great story, and uh, what I loved about it was uh, the story of um, Matt Damon is the protagonist, and he returned from World War One. Uh, he was a golf pro before he went uh, away to war. He returns, and he's completely disillusioned. Life has lost its meaning for him, and uh, he becomes depressed, and he's drinking, and all of these sorts of things, and he's, he's also lost his, his sweetheart uh, that he had before he went away to war. And he gets invited to take part in a golf tournament, and uh, and he does, and he's kind of coming from this place um, where he's, you know, life has lost its meaning, and in the golf tournament, he's not doing very well. And Will Smith is his caddy, uh, but he's also a, an avatar, a kind of angel for him. And uh, and he, as they go around the the golf course, and this tournament takes place over a number of days. Uh, at one point, Will Smith says to him, "You've got to find your authentic swing." And uh, and the, and the tournament goes on, and you're just sitting there on the edge of your seat, thinking, "Oh, is he going to find his authentic swing? You know, what's going to happen here?" And it looks like he's going to lose. And then eventually, he just finds some inner resource inside of himself that changes the way he plays the game. And it, he goes on to win the tournament. And, and as a result, you know, he wins his sweetheart back. And, and, and life is, uh, is, is wonderful. And they, they all live happily ever after. And, of course, it's just a movie. But I started to ask myself that question, you know, 
do we all have some kind of um, authentic swing or authentic way of being in the world? That's true for us. So I would say for me, that was the start of, of me really asking more questions and probably the first pivotal moment. And the next one was really in, in I, I, after that, uh, I, I began to explore different things. So I, I trained in coaching and NLP and uh, all sorts of things. I set up my consultancy, then moved out of my corporate job. Um, I set up my first consultancy. Um, but I still wasn't sort of completely there. There was still this element of restlessness as I hadn't quite hit on what it was for me. And then in 2011, a mentor that I had at the time suggested to me that I take up writing, something that I'd always loved as a child. And I started writing a blog of personal stories, got a good response to them, um, bumped into somebody one day who was a story performer. And, uh, and that was what she did as a job. And I'd never heard of such a thing. I thought it sounded amazing. And uh, so I went to storytelling school, uh, spent five weeks there on a sabbatical in 2012, and uh, learned to be a storytelling performer. I came back, um, turned my blog into my book, The Tower of Storytelling, and I set up the story mill then. And uh, and that really is is how I got to this place of uh, of falling in love with story again and exploring ways that uh, that story could be brought into business and the way that it helps us to as teams as leaders as individuals really connect with something deeper than just the intellectual level that often we can find ourselves operating at in in corporate organisations. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love how you um, followed your own uh, quest for your authentic swing. Uh, Because I think sometimes, you know, um, when we take business decisions, it is very intellectual. Um, But, you know, in running our own businesses, we really do have to love it. (laughs) Very much so. uh, Or we won't get it done. (laughs) So tell me about, and one of the things I loved about your book, and and interestingly, I I have to tell you that um, as story does, I I found myself um, uh, developing an affinity with you reading the stories as, you know, some of our circumstances are very similar. And and so, you know, I just had to keep reading because I thought, well, she's figured it out. I'm going to keep reading. (laughs) So it was pretty awesome to to read your stories. It was really great. Um, But one of the things that so often we write intellectually about how to tell stories. And in the Tao of storytelling, you've chosen to share your stories. And then you provide coaching questions for people. And I'm wondering, um, so obviously you enjoyed the writing. You wrote your blog. Why did you choose this way of um, kind of imparting your wisdom to people? That's a great question, and the reason is because uh, because in telling a story, it it comes from a different place um, versus where the intellectual stuff comes from. Uh, so that's what I found in when I started writing the, the blog of stories. In order to write, um, I found myself going to a different place, a deeper place within myself, um, accessing something that was. Um, not just cognitive, I mean, there's a cognitive element to it, but something that's much deeper, a wisdom that is in the heart, in the gut, in the body, um, in, 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 in our relationships with other people, um, but something that is beyond just the intellect. And, uh, and, and so I thought it was important to, to write from that place. In fact, 
In fact, when I write, um, it usually comes from that sort of place. And if I'm, if I can't access that place, you know, people call the news, um, I haven't really experienced this, or I just, can't access it, and I find it really hard to, uh, to to write or to get into a flow of writing unless I access that place. So that's why I think story is so important to to write it from there, to tell it from there, because when we do that, we get other people to that place as well. And what's so fantastic about that place and so magical about that place is that's the place where innovation comes from. That's the place where creativity comes from. That's the place where genius comes from. That's the place where our own personal wisdom comes from. And so just getting people to access that is powerful. It's very powerful. And, you know, um, as you say that, it, it makes me think about I've had a, a few conversations with other story professionals um, like ourselves who mm. are, are, are we're kind of all on the same page right now uh, and kind of starting to really stop talking about justifying story and just start telling stories. Yes. And and I really like that approach because I'm similar in, in terms of um, my approach to my blog and, and to how I share as I often share stories too. And part of yes. that is it's fun. It's fun to kind of go and find, you know, think about what we want to share with people this week. And, and, um, and again, for me, I, I don't want to use the word teaching, but maybe teaching with a little T um, about how to use story. And I and I do think often it is very important to, um, and I use the word model it, because if we're not telling stories, and if we spend all our time justifying story, then then nobody's going to tell any stories. <laughs> so I love your approach. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, there is definitely some element of of of, of teaching, and and maybe it's um, teaching in the in the sense of drawing something out of somebody. Um, I like that definition of, of of learning. It's you know drawing out something that's already there and 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 helping people to to shape it as opposed to kind of imposing um, you know something some set, sort of set of rules on people or some kind of knowledge. Uh, so a lot of it is the sort of drawing out of something that's that's already there. But it is so important to uh, to demonstrate by modeling, as you say, and 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 actually telling the stories. And to me, it's like um, the difference between saying to people, um, here are two doors, you know, if you open this one, there's a party going on. If you open the other one, there's a lecture about a party going on. They're completely <laughs> different, you know, or, or yes. meditation. So, you know, you can read a book about meditation, but it's absolutely nothing like the experience itself. So Very I think true. using the stories to, to model is really important. And also just to get started, and I think that's for anybody who um, it, it wants to use story or, I mean, just, you know, as we all say, you know, you already do use story. It's just about being um, thoughtful and more strategic potentially in your business communications uh, is what Absolutely. we're talking about. Um, but um, sometimes it's it, it's a frightening thing for people because they think they associate it with childhood, and and that they they're worried about being seen to be childish or seen to not be an expert, and yeah. and the piece for me around your book it, it challenges that in a way because it says it says these are my stories, look at your own stories, and what do you learn from them? So mm-hmm. it's less about like going back in time to childhood and it's more about self reflection, right? 
Absolutely. And when I was writing the book, one of the things I was keen to do was some of the... I have told some childhood stories, as obviously you know, Leanne. Yes, yes. And with those stories... um, I told the stories from a, a, a perspective of a child with a reflection um, from me now as an adult yes. um, on those stories. And I think that's really important. I think even as children, you know, we had our experiences. We had our own wisdom even as children. Um, it, it's not the kind of um, intellectual um, sort of you know, what we call wisdom that we would have now in our business life as adults. But we, but that inner kind of place of being able to make a choice about what's right for us, we still had that as children. And, uh, and we had experiences. And, you know, we can sometimes have made decisions as children about those experiences in order to keep us safe that affect the way we're living our lives now as adults. So it's useful to explore those for ourselves and uh, and understand them from a different perspective. And it's also uh, useful to look back at resources that we had, you know, even as children. Um, so, so, for example, you know, if somebody sa- says, you know, uh, I don't have enough confidence um, or something like that, often when they look back to their childhood, they'll realize that that's really not true. It's It's just at some point they made some kind of decision around that, but actually they'll have had times in their childhood where they did something um, that was really quite bold and, uh, and, and that, they, that resource already exists within them, that it's just a matter of accessing that and, uh, and, and using it. It's, it's already there. So I think we recognize that we're, we're wiser and more resourceful than we thought we were when we start to explore our own stories. I completely agree. And, you know, and I, you know, and and even when folks have had trauma or difficult times, there are other times too. And so, you know, there's the revisit because I think sometimes we think that, um, you know, we just kind of turned up at work as a fully formed business person. (laughs) And actually, in actual fact, we bring all those stories with us. And so, you know, they do impact how we behave in, in our relationships, as you said. So, um, so I love that, that Claire, and I really loved um, the the story. And you know, a good example of that is your story about the thumb war, um, which I'm going to get you to talk about a little bit about that, if that's okay, when we come back from the break, because I think it's sure. a, a a really great story in in terms of, but maybe we could utilize it as a, a kind of a, a demonstration of how that you can revisit your story, and um, and change your story and change your interpretation. So if you don't mind, we'll come after we come back from the break. We'll um, I'm going to get you to tell you tell the a short version of the thumb war, and okay. um, and and then we'll also talk about um, uh, helping people. And, and part of the reason we'll do that is to help us understand how to extract the wisdom from our own stories because we have that we have it it's all sitting there so so we're going to uh, do an exercise in that when we come back so um, so just a reminder that uh, I am chatting today with Claire Taylor and Claire's book The Tao of Storytelling can be found on Amazon I highly recommend it it's it's a, a really nice dive into someone else's story but then a, a kind of a, an invitation to visit your own so we're now going to take a little bit of a break but I uh, encourage you to stick with us to find out more about uh, finding the wisdom in your own stories. I'm Leanne Picot and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. See you in a sec. 
experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at Leanne at VeryGoodStories.com or check out her website at VeryGoodStories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico, your host, and I'm chatting today with Claire, T- Claire Taylor of the Story Mill and author of The Tao of Storytelling. Before the break, we were getting to know Claire, and, and um, she told us a little bit of her story in terms of her journey towards story. And um, we, we talked a little bit about the word authentic and, and about um, the idea of personal stories. And so in this section, we're going to really take a little bit of a, a deeper dive into that uh, conversation because... Um, Often people are a little bit resistant or, or, or worried about um, going back in their own lives and finding stories. And, and sometimes that's because there's a trail of trauma or there's a trail of difficult stories. And that's, that's kind of the thing that sticks with us. And it's very useful to sometimes go back and interpret. And and again, you know, being cautious and careful about looking after yourself. But I wanted to ask Claire to share one of her stories from her book and from her childhood that helps us kind of have a little conversation about that. So, Claire, tell us about the Thumb War. Okay, so Thumb War happened when I was uh, four, uh, four years old. And I used to go to school every day uh, with my mum, and my mum was my teacher, and 
as a four-year-old, I was a dreamy little kid who loved sucking my thumb and twirling a little curl um, down my down in my hair. And I would do this, and I would sit at school sucking my thumb, and sometimes just you know looking out the window, just you know enjoying the, the view. And this drove my mum crazy. Uh, she was a very practical woman, and just wanted me to learn and be um, able to learn my letters and my alphabet and, and my words and, and do uh, counting and things like that. And uh, she got really annoyed with me and she spoke to my father about it when, when we went home. And my father was obviously irritated about a whole bunch of other things and my mum telling him this um, nonsense about me sucking my thumb, I think, really wound him up. And uh, he said to me one evening, he said, if you don't stop sucking your thumb, I'm going to put something really horrible on it, and uh, and you won't like it. And I was only four, and, and he was a big guy, and he was six foot two, a really big man, and I was quite scared, really scared. And uh, I, I kind of sloped away from the table, and that sort of threat stayed with me all evening and I can remember going to bed and feeling really unsafe and thinking, oh, well, what's going to happen? That feeling of dread that something was going to happen. And in the morning, I got up and I was bouncing around in my yellow pajamas like any four-year-old and my father suddenly grabbed me uh, and he put black shoe polish all over my thumb because he was polishing his, his shoes and I just went hysterical. I didn't know how to respond to it. I just saw this black polish and I rubbed it all the way down the front of my pajamas and I was just screaming and running around the house and I was crying and I went to the bathroom and I washed it all off. I soaked and washed my hands all off and I took those pajamas off and I doubt I would never ever wear them again and I didn't. They had to go in the bin and I came back up and um, my mum just looked stunned and silent. She didn't know what to say. My brothers and sisters didn't know what to say. My grandmother thought it was funny. I felt so alone. I just felt like nobody cared about me and how I was feeling and there was nobody there to comfort me and um, I cuddled my toys and I thought at least they would understand even though they weren't real people and after that I made a decision at the age of four to, to not trust people so much. I couldn't trust people in my family. I mean, look what they've done to me. I thought this was terrible. And it wasn't until many, many years later when I started doing uh, NLP, I was doing an exercise around this uh, with somebody, and I kind of floated back in time, which is one of the NLP techniques, to this event, and started to see it from a from a different perspective and look at, you know, what I as this little four-year-old really needed in that place and um, what would have been comforting for me and what would really have changed that whole situation for me. And that, that technique was so powerful with me, that whole exercise was so powerful that I just bounced into this blissful place where I couldn't stop laughing. I would, you know, I, it was, my, my belly was sore from laughing. I was rolling around in my chair laughing. It just was so funny. It totally popped something that had been there for all those years. And then I looked back afterwards and I was able to see that, you know, 
it was just one of those things that happened. You know, my parents didn't mean anything um, by it. It was just a, it was a, a mistake, really. It was silly. They didn't really realize how much it would have affected me. They were thinking practical things like if she doesn't stop sucking her thumb, it's going to make her teeth grow crooked and she's not paying attention at school and she needs to and, you know, this is all very important. And they were just, you know, thinking about these things and not, thinking about what that might feel like for me as a four-year-old child. And I was able to just forgive them and go, you know, parents make mistakes. I'm a parent. I've probably made lots of mistakes too. And you know, it's just it's just the way that life is. And, uh, and that was the value of going back and looking at that story and being able to, to see it from another perspective. And, and I wrote about it really so that... Um, you know, other people have similar experiences and there's a lot of value in going back and looking at something that might have happened that might have stopped us from trusting other people. Um, yes, I love and, that. Uh, yeah, having us make a decision that the world was somehow unsafe uh, and and when we carry that, then it affects, you know, how we are in, in our lives, how we are in our work, um, how we relate to other people. Um, and when we can transform that story and realize that it was just one of those things um, and it was just a bunch of thoughts, um, we realize that, you know, it, it, it didn't mean anything and, uh, and, you know, our world is safe. Yes. And, you know, um, thank you for sharing that because it is a, a great story for us to kind of talk through. Um, one of the things that I um, thought about when you were, when I read the story and just when you were telling it is that, um, you know, this is exactly the kind of story that perhaps a leader might go and revisit and spend some time on. And then, you know, as you kind of pulled yourself out of the story and used your adult, um, you know, lens to be able to make a, a new interpretation, then it becomes very valuable storytelling. It has very valuable storytelling potential. Because um, one of the things that I could see there, so for example, would be, um, y- you know, a- when you describe the way that, um, you know, the threat was made and then you were kind of living in fear and then they acted on the threat and then you lost trust. I mean, that is a classic leadership dynamic that happens a lot in business and in organizations. And yes. so for me, I would just, you know, I immediately, as soon as I read it, I was like, I want to get some leaders and read this story to them because <laughs> I want them to, you know, and, and kind of en- enable them to understand that when you create fear in the workplace, whether that's through threats of, you know, you're expendable or otherwise in terms of performance, that people do go and hide out and they are fearful and they don't speak up. And then when something does happen, then they do also lose trust and they they make a decision just as you did when you were four. They make a decision, well, I'm not going to give any more effort. Well, I'm not going to go in anymore on, you know, early. I used to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, it's so easily lost. And I and I yeah. the, as soon as I read the story and heard you and even just you speaking, I, I was so translatable to the business environment. Yeah, I, I think you're you know, you're completely right, Diane. The fear um, that you know gets used to, I guess, control people um, or to you know um, 
make a situation better, um, but being used you know, unwittingly, you know, it's a mistake, um, but it has consequences that I think sometimes leaders don't realize um, that it has that effect of shutting people down rather than opening them up. And if you want to extract wisdom from people, if you want to get the best from them, if you want to have them get in touch with the best of themselves, then then whatever you say, wherever you take them, needs to be opening them up um, and and not feeding into fears that cause them to you know contract and close down. Right, and then and then the next part of your journey is also applicable, which is that you know for those of us who've had poor leadership experiences, we can also um, revisit in the same way and think they're human and maybe they didn't know what they were doing at the time. And so then maybe we can take it less personally and we can kind of say, hey, you know what? It was a moment in time, just like you just did. Absolutely. I I think, you know, one of the things about being a leader as well is that you will make mistakes and, uh, and all leaders get knocked by somebody um, and uh, and there are you know, high expectations on, uh, on on leaders and on us when we're in leadership positions uh, and I, I think it, it doesn't help us to have an ex- have a bad experience um, within an organization and then to sort of tarnish it with that's how it always is um, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 have that sort of you know color our future either. So that being able to look empathetically at the leader's position, I mean, it doesn't make it right, but I think for ourselves to be able to look and empathize and say, well, look, you know, it, it just happened. There was, that, there was that thing that happened. And even, you know, in the moment to be able to communicate about it, because I think opening the dialogue to communicate and, and rather than kind of go um, how horrid that person is, you know, sometimes that person doesn't realize the impact that something they've said is having on you. And so right. to be able to communicate that um, and empathize with their position, you know, I appreciate why you said that, you know, but this is how it, it made me feel, this is how it affected me, um, and this is what would work better for me. That's powerful as well, to engage. Yes, and, and again, um, we can use the analogy of when you um, talked about you know, what you did, you would suck your thumb at night. And yeah. so you would still carry on the behavior <laughs> in that nice, rebellious, four-year-old way. Um, but you also hid away from the world. Exactly. Hiding away, indulging in contraband, sucking the thumb at night. Um, and, um, and just, and yes, yeah. that was my, my own private rebellion. Um, yes. And, you know, and, and cuddling up closer with the, with the 11 cuddly toys that I had, yeah. you know, yeah. sharing my bed with at night time. Yeah. So, and, and, and the, the, my friends. Right. And the comparison to that would be stealing post-it notes and spending time on Facebook when we shouldn't probably. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or that's what happens, forming, right? Forming clicks, you know, forming yes, clicks, which sure. is what, you know, these are the people I can yes. trust, you know, um, mine were inanimate, you know, little creatures, but, um, but yes, that's what, so then we end up with clicks of people, you know, who are having conversations around the water cooler in, or in the kitchen. And then there, there's this disconnect between those conversations and, uh, and what's going on at the level of the, the leadership within the organization. Right. 
Um, and then you know, we wonder, why is there a disconnect? That's it. Because people feel they can't say um, what's their truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, and this is uh, a key piece, and I've um, talked about before, and you and I talked a bit about this, is that, and again, just using this analogy of the thumb war. So one of the key pieces for you to be able to share that story and pull the wisdom from it is you needed to have overcome it. You needed to have worked your way through it. Yeah. And that's one of the pieces that, um, you know, is a cautionary tale. And, you know, I know that you've, um, you wrote a great blog about it this week and, and I've seen it happen where I've seen leaders and entrepreneurs sharing stories that are kind of like, I'm with you, I'm in the trenches. And there's no clear path that they've gotten out of it. And so then we're in a really tricky spot. So like I've seen money coaches say, yeah, I'm broke too. And I think, nah, yeah, that's not quite uh, the story you want to yeah. tell right now. Because <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I'm not paying you to take me somewhere where you are. I'm already there. Um, so I'm just wondering what, what kinds of things do you think we need to be cautious about yeah. in that in that whole yeah. process? Yes, uh, that that um, piece around you know having overcome or heal the story is really important. Um, otherwise, what you're doing is you're you're taking people on this journey into the into the mud, and then you're all stuck there. And you know, for me, it you know, it comes down to the, these three pieces when you're when you're telling a story. It starts with you know there is some tension or conflict or, or problem. Uh, as as there was with with my story, and I was sucking my thumb, and you know my parents weren't too happy about it. Um, then you can see how the tension builds in the story. Um, it went on over a I've told a short version of it. it went on over a, a period of time, and eventually it came to this um, point where this you know, traumatic thing happened. Um, and then the story goes on to um, a, a, a point where it, it continues even beyond that incident ha- happening as to how it's affected me afterwards. And all of that, you know, is is being stuck in the tension of the story. And it wasn't until I got to a point where I had overcome the story, healed it, um, that and, and extracted the wisdom from it, that I was in a position to, to tell it. Um, otherwise, I would have been telling a story and, and people might have thought, oh, well, that's awful. Um, yes, how terrible. And we'd all be just stuck in that, in that tension with no release. And that's that's so important. If something has happened, talk about the conflict, talk about the, the the tension and the journey that you went on, and then what's the release? What happened? How did you overcome it? Because that's the message, uh, and that's the reason for telling the story um, is so that you take people uh, from the place that they're in through this journey to. Uh, you know, at the end of the rainbow, or uh, you know, to a, to a better place um, where they feel this sense of relief and hope, and um, you know, wow, or I could do that too, or whatever it is that you want them to experience by having taken them on the journey. So you've got to have come to the end of it yourself. Wonderful. And, you know, otherwise, um, personally, I feel it's irresponsible storytelling because uh, when we're telling stories that we haven't overcome, it's really about us. 
it's not about the audience. Right. It's not about taking them to an inspirational place, as, as, as you just described. Okay, well, we're going to um, need to take another break now. And when we come back, um, I'm going to be asking Claire about um, telling the right story to the right audience at the right time. So we're going to do some how and kind of dig into the how, how do we make this happen? How do we, dig, how do we look at our, our own stories, find the wisdom, and then choose them appropriately and be strategic about it? So just a reminder, Claire's book is called The Tao of Storytelling, and you can find it on Amazon. We'll be back in a sec. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, Connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. So we're having a great chat today, talking to Claire Taylor of The Story Mill and um, talking about Claire's book and, and luckily uh, her book, my, The Tao of Storytelling, but also Claire, helpfully before the break, shared one of her stories from there and um, we were able to to kind of look at it from a couple of different angles. So thank you to Claire for that. I appreciate that, um, being willing to do that. So um, one of the things we were also talking about and just to reiterate is, and you know, we can't say this enough, is you have to be over it before you tell it because otherwise you're looking for support and sympathy or um, it, it won't resonate with the audience. It may resonate in terms of you being in the muck as as Claire put it, and that's a really good way to put it. Um, but that doesn't help anyone else. If whether you're an entrepreneur or a leader, they want you to be leading them out of it. So um, that's key. So Claire, with all of that in mind, how do we find the right story and the right for the right people at the right time? Okay. Uh, so 
I would say we start with intention. I, that's where I will always begin in looking for the right story is why are you telling the story? What's the intention? Um, who are you telling? Who, who is your audience? Um, uh, so what message do you want to leave them with? Um, so not simply here as words, but, but as something that's more um, felt. You know, what is the sort of feeling that you want them to have? Um, within themselves, what do you want them to have discovered within themselves? Because in your in telling your story, you're you're a mirror, and actually, you know, we we don't want to get into a neuroscience of story here. But one of the things that happens is that um, when your audience is watching you telling a story, um, they're connecting with you know mirror neurons. Um, so that, that's why story works so well. You're actually taking them on the journey that you're going on neurologically while you're telling them that story. So you can take them into a place that is, you know, qu- quite sort of painful and, 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 and difficult, uh, or, or be a place that you have already healed. So you're not, you're not leaving yourself in that as you take them. And you can take them right through the other side to a sense of, of, of hope or um, uh, inspiration um, or um, uh, achievement or what, whatever the place is that you want them to land. So that's really important is what's the message that you want to leave them with? And But think about that not in terms of I want them to remember some catchy phrase, but this is how I would want them to, to feel and I'd want them to have experience going on this kind of, kind of particular kind of journey. The other uh, thing is just, uh, just can I pull up on that? Because I think that's one of the most crucial things I've heard anyone say, which is how do you want them to feel at the end of the story? And I just wanted to repeat that because that is because story is so, so um, like you say, it comes into it connects with our emotional side. Um, how we it, I, I can't reiterate enough. I love how you just put that. And I think it's really important. How do you want your audience to feel after your story? So key piece. Absolutely. Now, the other thing is, are there resources that you want them to be able to access within themselves through your story? So that might be, it might be something like uh, courage or uh, or confidence or an I can do it or it might be empathy. Um, in any any kind of resource um, that, um, that you know, compassion, any resource that that you can think of. Um, you can help people to access that within themselves by accessing it yourself when you tell your story. So that's a, another really important thing is what are the places that you want them to go to within themselves when you tell that story? Um, then um, think about um, the, the, a story from your own repertoire. You know, go back in time, go back into your own history and, and think about what story have you lived through that would that would work for this particular experience and and you know the answer you know at the beginning you know everybody has has thousands of these stories so um you know when you're clear about what these feelings you want people to have what resources they are what story do you have in your repertoire that kind of most resonates with these sorts of feelings and resources that you'd want to, to convey. So you might hit on a few uh, and then it's kind of choosing which one. Well, 
Um, the next question really is, which of these is most appropriate for your audience? So, and also, which one is most appropriate for you to share? And uh, one of the things here about stories is that they can have side effects, as I call them. So <laughs> I like that a lot. That, yeah, it might be that you're telling a story and it, and it, and it kind of has all of those resources and feelings that you want to share, um, but it's in some way personally revealing um, or something about yourself that, you know, may be much better for, you know, the pub with old university friends or something like that. That story is best left there um, because you don't want people to remember it um, for the wrong reasons. So, you know, in sifting out which is an appropriate story, you know, you, you want to think about um, what story will deliver this message, this feeling, and not leave these kind of unwanted side effects behind as well. And that helps to, to narrow down. And then pick one. And, uh, and the question is, you know, can you tell it well? And, uh, and that's going to require a little bit of, of preparation. Go back and, um, you know, think about what was the conflict? You know, was there a conflict uh, that, that the story began with, some kind of challenge that you had? What was the journey that you went through, this kind of, you know, tension that you experienced on the journey to resolving it? And then was there a, a definite resolution to that story that you can that you can share with people and, and can you remember, you know, how you felt as you went through the whole journey and can you give them um, enough information about it so that they can see, see or hear um, what's happening along the journey that you're taking them on. So those for me, those are the key things, um, Leanne, I would say, is, is, is getting the intention right, you know, what's the feeling that you want to uh, invoke in people, what resources do you want people to access, um, what story in your personal repertoire do you have that you could, uh, that you could use, make sure there are no side effects from that story, that it's uh, completely appropriate. Um, and uh, and make sure that it's a story that has yeah, a clear sort of conflict at the beginning, a, a journey that you went on, and then a clear resolution at the end with some message that, that you can share with people. And then work on making sure that you can tell it well. Right. Now, one of the things, thank you for that. That's a really good um, summary because... Uh, sometimes we forget one or two of those and then the stories don't land and we think, oh, this storytelling thing, it doesn't work for me. Um, All of those things need to be in place. They all need to be in place. And so that's why this isn't, um, sometimes I I think people see storytelling as flaky. It's, it's, it's truly, truly not. It is, it is masterful when you, when you um, enable yourself to, to um, find and tell the right kinds of stories in the relevant situations. So um, one thing I did want to ask you about, Claire, is around um, honesty. And so sometimes um, people worry about um, telling um, stories from their childhood because they go, I don't know if that's true because my mom said this or uh, my sister had a different point of view. Um, and, I, and I always work with my clients around there's a difference between truth and um, perception. <laughs> and... Okay. And we're almost, although the story must be true, it must be true based on your perception. Um, there's, there's never a, or rarely a one defining truth about a story, right? 
Yeah, actually, none of them are true. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that's the way that I was. No, no story is true. Yeah. It is just a story. It, yeah. It's it's a subjective experience. That's what a story is. So it's it's back to you know we're talking about a map of the world that somebody has versus somebody else's. And when I actually wrote my book, I have four siblings, and and they all read drafts of the book, <laughs> and we had conversations about it in in which you know my sister would say to me, "Gosh, I don't." I remember it happening like that. I, I remembered it being a bit more like this. And that was her map of the world, you know, her experience of, of, of something, which was different to mine. And, and that's okay, you know, because yeah. what you're sharing in the story is your subjective experience. And, and, that's, and that's okay. Um, it, it felt that way to you at the time. And I think so long as we know none of them are, you know, are true in terms of, you know, the the world is round, sort of, or, you know, the world is not flat in that sort of sense. Um, it, they are subjective you know, by their very nature. That doesn't make them any less powerful. No, that's right. Now, the um, the caution to that is that we ha- we mustn't make up stories. Uh, because yeah. people can tell when we're not being honest, when it's when we we have um, so it's it's not whether it's true, but it must be honest. It must be a, an honest interpretation of something that really did happen, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, otherwise people can emotionally tell when we're when we're creating something just to appease their senses. Yes, and and I think uh, so. I, I think. It, it is possible to use stories that are not our own, um, of course. Which, which, which is fine as well, you know, to use metaphors or anecdotes or, you know, a, a story from, you know, from another book or a story that somebody else has told. I think it's just about flagging up, you know, mm-hmm. there was a story written by so-and-so. And yeah, you know, I actually used a um, a story um, at a, a, a conference once, um, which wasn't my own personal story because I was sharing the experience of somebody who'd had a particular illness that this conference was actually about. Um, and I asked for permission and shared um, a very powerful story that was hers. And I used her words and told the audience that this was in fact her story. Um, and uh, and that worked in that context very, very well. So I think it's just about being clear, you know, this is my story, this is my experience, or, you know, this is somebody else's story and I've got permission to to share it, or I took it from this book. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's a great summary, because again, you know, other people's stories are very powerful and, and we want to utilize them too. But like you say, it's important to be clear. And, you know, I've seen it happen where people have started telling a story in the first person and at the end, it's clear it's not theirs. And then the audience feels a sense of letdown yeah. and and a yeah. bit of mistrust. So, Absolutely. so Absolutely. yeah, so it is important, like uh, Claire said, is, you know, don't get caught in the truth of it and, and you know, fact checking with with everybody who's involved may not be the best mm. way to craft your story. Yes. Um, but uh, but thank you for that, Claire. I, I feel like we've gotten a, a lot of great tips from you, and and I really appreciate your leadership in um, sharing your stories so that others can learn from their own. And I I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much, Leanne. I really appreciate being a, a guest on your show. Thank you so much. It's been fun. We'll have to have you again. 
thank you so much. I would really enjoy that. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. So don't forget to check out The Story Mill at thestorymill.co.uk and also get Claire's book, The Tao of Storytelling, on Amazon or or another um, book uh, site that uh, should you prefer. Next week, I'll be chatting with Steve Seeger of StoryWise. Steve is a digital communications expert who works with big companies to find and share their stories strategically. He will be um, kind of building on this conversation with Claire and be talking about his process of storylining, which is basically about um, putting the biz in our business story. So, you know, thinking about our business goals and, and what we're trying to achieve in our communications. So I also wanted to update you on my progress with creating an online story community. The Story Powered Institute will be launching on October 1st, 5th. October 5th. So uh, similar to the radio show, I'll be finding great story stuff and finding great stuff by great story people. And we will be talking story, thinking story, and growing story. If you want to know more, you can email me at leanne at verygoodstories.com. I get you on the launch list. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Leanne Pico and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.